When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're tuned into an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, and Stephen Godfrey of SBNation.com are coming up here in just a little bit because Ole Miss, winners of the Outback Bowl, 26-20 to 20 over Indiana, but you already knew that. Let's talk about the fallout from winning the Outback Bowl, what it means moving forward to 2021. And for Godfrey, it's coaching search season, and Ole Miss does have some storylines that you need to be following. So a lot to get to, but before we do it, Let me tell you about my bookie. Every sports fan knows that it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish. At my bookie, 2020 finishes strong with NFL, college football, and the return of NBA action. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that MyBookie offers every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also have a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use my promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, T-O-C, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they'll match you with another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's a new year, 2021. It's also winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest in this edition of Talk of Champions, this post-Outback Bowl win edition of Talk of Champions is Stephen Godfrey of SBNation.com because it's coaching search season and nobody out there. Godfrey's the best at covering coaching searches, and Ole Miss has some storylines to follow, so he's coming up here shortly on the Modern Women phone line. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do... Leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Brad, what's up? JRP, JRP, JRP. How about that, baby? John Rice Plumley. <laughs> it was a JRP show, fired up. Rebels got the win in the bowl. John Rice showed up. That's his position. Stay, be a rebel. Let's go, baby. Found as a good skill player. I'm excited. I was kind of slick after the game. I didn't ask him point blank, hey, JRP, are you transferring? I just asked him if wide receiver, if he could see himself as a wide receiver in the future, or does he still consider himself just a quarterback? And he said, I have two good options. So he's certainly considering his future. But I think he showed on Saturday 
he can play that spot. Now, the first pass to him was a drop and a bad drop, a little bit of a tough catch. But in that last drive, he had the two biggest plays, the third down conversion. We all remember the 44-yarder that got him down there. But the third down conversion, going over the middle, blanket coverage, safety coming to help. He made the catch, stands up, and he blows a kiss. You saw it coming in. You saw it coming in that John Rice Plumley, and we mentioned this on the podcast. We said this was going to happen, that he was going to be um, moved to slot receiver. He's going to be playing there in that game. But you saw it coming in, and you texted me about it. He had the sleeve on, the gloves, and you're fired up, and you lived up to your expectations. So congratulations. That's your guy. He had a moment, and he deserved a moment. Look, he took a back seat to Matt Crow, justifiably so. Matt Crow had an unbelievable year, the face of Ole Miss football. But for him to get a moment, it was cool. And uh, I know that you've been ringing that bell all year about JRP moving to slot receiver and having a future there. But now that you've seen him there, what do you think he could be? Yeah, listen, man, I know John Rice still undecided after the game. I saw his interview. Um, and I understand. I mean, you, sometimes, you want the ball in your hands. You want to be the quarterback. But sometimes you have to sit down, evaluate yourself, and realize I just just don't think he's NFL quarterback. And I think that you play this game to try to make it to the next level. And I think what you saw last game is, is a guy who has an absolute great athlete and he came in, probably hasn't really been practicing wide receiver because he's been fighting it, came in and, and, and looked pretty serviceable, 70 some yards, you know, through the air is pretty good for, for not really playing much wide receiver. And, and that's, um, I mean, I, I think he looked great. I really do. Um, you know, I, I'm excited about him. I hope he decides to stay. And how about this for, for a kid that for all the stuff that goes on now with all the transfer and all stuff, how about a story about a kid who says, you know what, I'm going to stick it out. You know, maybe could easily transfer Paladin went on still may, but I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to find a way to get on the field and I'll be a difference maker for Ole Miss. Those are the kind of stories. That's what college football used to be about. That's what it should be about. And I love to see the stories where the kid guts it out and becomes a good player for a team. So um, he definitely has the ability. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's hard. That first catch that he missed, it is very hard to track balls. It, it, and it all has to do with your eyes. I, I dealt with this um, when I first moved to tight end. He is just one of those things. He doesn't do it often. But, man, what is John Rice going to look like with a full offseason, you know, get, getting his body maybe a little bit thicker, getting you know, lifting a little harder, getting ready to be a skilled player? I think he can be absolutely dynamic. I think he has a chance to make it to the next level if he embraces it. He can't be on the line with it. He has to be all the way in. He, he has to look legit commit to it he embraces it he will help Ole Miss football more than you ever imagined he will be a legend at Ole Miss because they they will love the story he practiced at the position for a week one week the bowl week leading up to the outback ball that's the only time he spent at wide receiver and he goes out and does that mm -hmm. give me that along with punt and kick returns with John Rice Plumley. I'm kind of all in with it but of course he's still undecided now Ole Miss baseball it started practices in preparation for the season this week. So John Rice Plumley, he was reporting for that. Here's the thing. He's a football player. So even if he's at practices, that doesn't mean anything. He could leave. He's a football guy and just move on. But I do think that there's a very significant chance that he does return. And I do think that there's a lot of encouragement from guys like Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin saying, hey, see what you did. See what you can be. Embrace this. In the open field, he's dynamic. But we all knew that. We all knew he was dynamic. And Matt Corral being able to use the weapons at his disposal showed that Matt Corral's a special talent, too. He doesn't need Elijah Moore and his top three pass catchers to produce. He turned John Rice Plumley into a wide receiver for a day. Casey Kelly, a non-scholarship tight end. He had six catches and 49 yards and a touchdown in the first half. That's all he finished with, but... That was the only touchdown in the first half, and that was because of Matt Corral's ability to not only throw the ball accurately and get the ball in the hands of playmakers, but show trust in guys that some quarterbacks might steer away from if they don't have any type of chemistry with them. Hasn't been used to throwing to those guys. Jonathan Mingo, it's easy to force one to him because you're used to throwing to Jonathan Mingo. Instead, Matt Corral not only did not turn the ball over against the best defense as far as creating interceptions in Indiana, but he completed passes to eight different receivers. We've talked all year about how good Matt Corral has been. He has never been better than he was against Indiana because that defense 
is a good defense, and he made that defense not look as good as it is. But give the Ole Miss defense credit for getting the big stop and now returning a number of guys. We've been speculating about this. Returning a number of guys for a defense that did show progress as the year drew to a close. Now, LSU, it was ugly. It was really ugly. And they still had a problem with stopping the top receiving option or the receiver that was gaining some momentum in-game. But Sam Williams, he announced his return. T. Tisdale, he announced his return. Ryder Anderson was the player I was referencing, wasn't naming, as the next opt-out. He was the guy that was considering opting out. They talked him into staying. We knew last week at the Ole Miss Spirit that he was going to enter the transfer portal, but they talked him into staying and playing in the bowl game, getting the bowl experience, and now he's in the transfer portal. No disrespect intended at all for Ryder Anderson, but that's not much of a loss in my opinion. He was playing more defensive tackle than defensive end this year, and they've got two really good Juco defensive tackles coming in. But you get back Sam Williams, you get back T. Tisdale, you surround them with the reinforcements at defensive line that you signed in December. And then you start to factor in Jacquez Jones and Lakia Henry's coming back. He already announced that two weeks ago. Keydron Smith, A.J. Finley made strides. And Otis Reese was every bit the impact player that he was billed to be. You could understand why a Jacquez Jones would say the bowl experience was amazing, a blast, we embraced it, we loved it, but now we're shooting for higher. Because if you look at 5-5 five and five in a nine-game All-SEC schedule, except for one game, Indiana, if you play that out with the traditional cupcakes that you have in the schedule, Ole Miss won eight games in a season that Lane Kiffin didn't get the spring, there was a lot of turnover, the coaching staff had to get to know the players on the fly, you're breaking in a quarterback that had been on the shelf, had lost his job for the last eight games of last year, and you turned them into this high-powered, can-play-with-every-single-team-on-their-schedule type of team. They were in every single game. Every single game. Probably should have beaten Auburn. Probably should have beaten Arkansas. Whatever, Ole Miss showed you this year what they can be at their best. And if they got a defense that can complement that offense, and if John Rice Plumley is the answer to replace Elijah Moore at slot... Well, now all of a sudden the outlook for 2021, which was already pretty rosy, becomes that much more exciting. Yeah, it's it's lining up to be a great year. I mean, you, you look at our recruiting class, you add in, um, you know, the, the receiving core that we have coming, you add in, um, you know, some really good defensive players. And I mean, you couldn't be more excited, especially all the other guys that, that decided to come back, which those guys are going to be even better once they have a full off season and they've got some bowl experience. So we're going to have some really good senior debt seniors um, next year with some good, you know, younger depth coming in. So, I mean, it, it certainly lines up to be a great year next year. And um, you, you, it just, um, I mean, the it, Lane Kiffin, what he did this past game, he took a bunch of guys. I mean, he was short all over the place, and he found a way to make it work. And that's what a good football coach does. They don't get up there like Dan Mullen and make up excuses, you know, all this stuff that, you know, Florida didn't have this guy, that guy. Who cares? Lane Kiffin took a walk-on and made him look good. I mean, that's just that's good football coaching. So um, imagine that in two years or next year when he has recruits that he's comfortable with, that he likes – um, I mean, I'm telling you, Ole Miss is going to be on the map, you know, in more ways than they ever could imagine here in the next couple of years. Um, the, the guy can coach. You give him a week to prepare. He looked unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I'm more than excited. Next year should be a um, an outstanding season. And on the same day that Ole Miss beats Indiana in the Outback Bowl, earlier in that day, the extension of Lane Kiffin is announced. Now, we don't know the terms, but I've got Keith Carter coming on this podcast on Thursday, and I'm going to ask him, Point blank about the terms. I doubt he answers. I, doubt, I, I assume that he's probably going to talk around it, not identify the buyout, but say it's prohibitive or whatever. But I'm going to ask him about the terms of the contract. Regardless, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are tied together for the foreseeable future. Maybe it's only three years. Maybe it's five. I don't know. But the fact that you showed that commitment, Ole Miss showed that commitment, should tell you that Ole Miss is all in here. Even if other teams come calling, they're willing to step up. Because it was far beyond just paying him more per year. There had to be guarantees for staff raises, facilities upgrades, 
you name it, all that other stuff matters to coaches who, like Lane Kiffin, believe themselves to be championship-level coaches. So there's going to still be off-seasons, possibly as early as next off-season, where schools like Auburn come calling and talking to Lane Kiffin, or there's mutual interest on both sides. But what that tells you is that Ole Miss is ready to step up to the plate and be competitive and say, we're doing whatever we can to try to keep you. At the end of the day, you cannot blame Ole Miss if Lane Kiffin does leave at some point in the future. You can feel safe in saying they did what they were supposed to do, and that's step up and say, we're willing to do what we need to do to make you comfortable and happy to be here. But that's something that we'd been talking about. When that extension would come, what kind of commitment they would show. Keith will talk more about it on Thursday, but that's another huge development for Ole Miss. Keith Carter, Lane Kiffin, representation for Lane Kiffin, came together and said, we're building something special. And then it's validated later in the day by winning the Outback Bowl. It was the perfect football day, football capper for Ole Miss in 2020. You could have not asked for a better finish. The double whammy of the extension and the win. And even though it was close, Ole Miss controlled that game. And that was the most impressive thing. Held Indiana to three points in the first half. The fewest held by an opponent or allowed to an opponent since 2019. Easily the fewest this year. 20 points were a season low for an opponent. 339 total yards for Indiana. Now they were playing with a backup quarterback. But still. Nothing but positive steps taken for Ole Miss football. So if you're an Ole Miss fan right now, you should be excited. And yes, all those murmurs out there about Ty Freifogel potentially transferring to Ole Miss are very real. I was going to wait and talk about it. I didn't think it would really get out there, but it's out there. There is a potential fit there. I don't know if it's going to happen. Heck, Ole Miss, how do you make a spot for him there if all of these different seniors come back and John Rice Plumley stays and he's a wide receiver? Do you really need to address that position anymore? The roster construction and the coaching search season happening now is where all the focus now turns to. But the football aspect of it couldn't have been a better ending. As far as John Rice, I mean, I, I definitely see him as, if he does stay, I do see him as sort of like a wide receiver, but I, but he's so much more valuable than just that. You look during the game when he was able to get him to do some wildcat stuff, do some sweeps to him. I mean, he's just, he. I don't know, I don't know if he stays if he's solely a wide receiver. I think he's more of just a, a get him in the game, get in the ball, um, you know, kind of player, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was a perfect day for Ole Miss and, and I'm glad that, that Keith Carter stepped up, um, to the plate. And one thing I do know about the terms, whether he tells you or not, it's obvious that Lane Kiffin was happy with the terms or he wouldn't have um, agreed to it or signed it. So it was likely very fair terms. And, um, the only other thing that I mentioned once I saw that he got the extension was I hope that we step up to the plate and, and keep Jeff Levy here some kind of way. I don't know how we do it. But um, if he has to be an extremely high-paid assistant, the most or the highest paid in the nation, Jeff Levy needs to be at Ole Miss. He needs to be a rebel, and um, you know we need him next year very much so to have have the success that I think we can have. And it's going to be hard to keep him for long, but um, we need to we need to do everything we can to keep him because those two working together um, is pretty special. I talked to Stephen Godfrey about Jeff Levy and his candidacy at other spots. You've heard his name floated as a potential OC candidate at Alabama, but I don't think that's really going to happen because if you've been looking at the reporting on the internet lately, it seems like Nick Saban is focused on former NFL coaches, Bill O'Brien. That seems like the next perfect reclamation project for Nick Saban or Adam Gase. That's another potential OC fit for Nick Saban. So I don't think Jeff Levy's necessarily at the top of that list. I could argue he should be, but I don't think he's at the top of that list. But there are going to be other places yeah, that want to he, talk to Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, here's the thing. Coach, Coach Levy he has it teed up right now, man. I mean, you, you got a bunch of good returning players. You have some good guys coming in. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. It, it would really benefit him to stay at least next year and the, maybe the year after that to get this thing turned around and get it rolling. And I think, uh, you know, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's going to be able to – go anywhere he wants. I just, um, you know, I hope it's, I hope he doesn't exit early and, um, you know, short himself because I think he's, they're really on pace for him to be the next hot name, 
um, you know, out there to, to move on and take take over some stuff. So, yeah, he um, he's, he's certainly one I want to keep around Ole Miss. I, I like him a lot. I like his um, personality. I like I like his play calling. I mean, he's just he's been he's been extremely valuable to our program. I think losing him would actually hurt. We'll get right back to Bradley Sow in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and PropSwap.com, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The newest addition to the Talk of Champions family of advertisers is PropSwap.com. PropSwap.com is an online marketplace where you can buy and sell sports betting tickets. Whether it's a long shot future, a parlay with one game left, or even a straight bet at halftime, PropSwap lets you post your ticket for sale and lock in your money before the event is over. PropSwap is also a great place to purchase tickets from the comfort of your home at better odds than the sports books are offering. Go to PropSwap.com today, register for an account, and enter promo code Biloxi. That's Biloxi, B-I-L-O-X-I, for a deposit match up to $100. Ask Clay Travis, Cousin Sal, or Darren Rovell about the value of PropSwap and add it to your repertoire to make yourself a profitable sports better. PropSwap.com, that's PropSwap, P-R-O-P-S-W-A-P.com, promo code Biloxi. I think so too, but I also think that Lane Kiffin is as best suited as any head coach out there to replace an offensive coordinator and not skip a beat. That's not to diminish Jeff Levy at all because I think he's dynamic. But I think just like Nick Saban with defensive coordinators, that Lane Kiffin is uniquely qualified to replace his offensive coordinators if he does get to that point with Jeff Levy. It comes back to with Jeff Levy, career trajectory for him. He's really hot right now. You stay hot, you go to Alabama for the sake of argument, even though I don't think that's going to happen. But that further advances your career because you've done it independent of Lane Kiffin. So that could be in play with the Jeff Levy. But if you look at the personnel returning, yes, Ole Miss is losing Elijah Moore, is losing Kenny Yeboah. But this offense has shown that it's kind of personnel proof. They didn't have Jerrion Ely and Henry Parrish and Snoop Connor carry the bill as well as they possibly could. Kentrell Bullock, he got into the game. He looked pretty good too. But Casey Kelly he did look good. Casey Kelly had six catches for 49 yards and a touchdown, and that's a non-scholarship player. And if you look at what's returning, Braylon Sanders, like Sam Williams and T. Tisdale, announced on Monday that he's coming back. Well, there's your deep threat. There's concern about whether or not Braylon would entertain at least the possibility of going pro. But you start to look at what's coming back, Braylon Sanders, Dontario Drummond. And in my opinion, Dontario Drummond was one of the most consistent overall performers on the roster. Obviously, Elijah Moore was the best player on the roster. Matt Corral, oh, I'd say Matt Corral, actually. And then Elijah Moore. And Ontario Drummond's up there as far as consistency. He performed. Now, the final totals weren't astronomical. 417 yards on 25 catches. But when those top three pass catchers went out... Ontario Drummond stepped up to the plate and he did it. He's the one that caught the game-winning touchdown against Indiana. And then you combine that with John Rice Plumley, and then the transfer tight end that we expect them to land. And maybe they do go get a transfer wide receiver if they have room for that. Jeff Levy is going to have the personnel to put up these exact same numbers again, and it's appealing if only for Matt Corral. When I was looking at the Heisman odds for next year, I think he's plus 1,900 as a uh, odds-on favorite for the Heisman. I'd put money on him today. Why not? If he puts up these numbers and you take away, and you can't do this because obviously you can't. This is not how football works. But the two just disastrous games as far as turnovers, 
He threw three interceptions. In every other game, against two teams, Arkansas and LSU, he threw 11. And that's ugly. In every other game, he threw three. And against Indiana, it was the best game he's played all year. So if Matt Crowell in his first year starting can do that, and you can clean up some of the ugliness, like I think they did toward the end of the year, even though he did have the LSU game. But that was after a three-week layoff from the Egg Bowl where he was really good and controlled. And then to turn around in the bowl game a week later, whatever it was, and play that controlled. I think that's more in line with what Matt Corral is than six turnovers in LSU in a torrential downpour. I'm not going to put too much stock into that game. Point being, it would be appealing. You've got to consider if you're Jeff Levy. Do I go to an Auburn? And yes, it's independent of Lane Kiffin. It's my offense. People will know that it's me, me, me. But you have to deal with Bo Nix. They have some talent, but like a Bo Nix at quarterback compared to what you will have at Ole Miss. And knowing that every year Lane Kiffin is head coach at Ole Miss, and this is just the truth, even with an extension, there's going to be flirtations from Lane Kiffin with other schools. And if your offense is rolling, you're probably going to be a candidate at Ole Miss if that job were to ever open up if he were to leave. But I think that would have to be a special circumstance for Lane Kiffin and for the school. Because Ole Miss is unique as far as what it's looking for in its head coach. A Miami would make a lot of sense as a pair for Lane Kiffin. What if Dan Mullen does leave? Does Florida make much sense for Lane Kiffin? It depends. Auburn wasn't all that interested in Lane Kiffin. We just don't know. So if you're Jeff Lebb, you have to consider and weigh all of those things if you think about moving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, just it's all going to depend on on situation, like like you were saying. I mean, he's, um, he's going to have his options. But um, in, the, in the meantime, we, we want to keep him here for sure. But yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. Definitely want to keep him around. He's your guy. He's my guy, too. He's the one I'm most worried about because I think the Blake Gideon to Texas rumors, that's happening. Blake Gideon's from Texas, where he played. He's a legend there. Blake Gideon's going to go to Texas, assuming that what all we're hearing at the Ole Miss Spirit, and I think everybody's hearing that around the Ole Miss beat, that Sark wants to bring Blake Gideon to Texas. And I don't necessarily think that a defensive line and replacement of Deke Adams, that'll be a big search. Yeah, Bo Nix has been floated out there, floated out there, but I'm not necessarily thinking that it'll be a Bo Nix level or caliber of name. And if you actually look at how they performed in the bowl game, which was really good, that defensive line was getting consistent pressure. Sam Williams was, in my opinion, at his best in that game. You could make a case that Marquise Watson is going to get promoted and that that was a trial run for him. This is a coach that was in 247 Sports top 30 coaches under 30. So it wouldn't just be, it'd be like, remember when Trey Scott was such a hot name? He left Ole Miss. He was a grad assistant. He left Ole Miss, made a name for himself, came back. He was going to be the defensive line coach. In the same week that he committed to being Ole Miss's defensive line coach and was on campus, he got hired away at Georgia. Same kind of principle there. It doesn't have to be Bo Davis to be a good hire. I don't know if necessarily that's going to be the case, but I do think, that you could see a promotion there or another coach that might be a GA that they value getting them on the field in place of Blake getting if he were to leave or does leave, inevitably leaves. Same thing at defensive line. So that's what you got to watch out for. The one coach that I'm most worried about is Jeff Levy because of what you said, the importance of Jeff Levy to not just the offense itself, but I think he's got a special relationship and connection with Matt Corral because I thought after the game, I'm the one that asked him the innocuous question about strategy and how he's able to play so controlled. And it turned into Matt getting emotional and making known that Jeff Lebby, his family suffered a tragic, tragic loss in the week leading up to the Outback Bowl. It's out there what happened. I don't really want to talk about that here because it's not my information to divulge or to talk about in any way in, in terms of what we're breaking down here. But it was a tragedy, and Matt Corral breaks down in tears in the postgame press conference. And I think that shows that there was a special connection with this team. Now, we didn't get to really experience it because we didn't get to talk to Jeff Levy. That's how Lane Kiffin operates, which is totally fine. But he doesn't allow his assistant coaches to talk to the media. But you could see it in terms of how those coaches met those players where they are. And that included Matt Corral, who had a reputation of being a bit of a wild kid his first couple of years at Ole Miss. And this year, it was a complete transformation for him. 
yeah, there's still flair and histrionics with Matt Corral. But that's just a part of the overall mass appeal, broader appeal of who he is as a quarterback. And the leadership qualities you hope to see, like we said at the beginning of the year, whoever took that job, and it was Matt Corral's job very early, but we didn't know that because we didn't get to go to practice. But whoever took that job, make a stranglehold on that job. Never let it go. Never let it be in doubt because that's what's in in the best interest of Ole Miss. And that's exactly what happened. And a lot of that had to do with the immediate connection that Jeff Levy, when all the COVID stuff hit in March, established with Matt Corral when they were pretty much by themselves in that building together, working together. And it came to a head with an incredible finale for both of those guys in the Outback Bowl. So Jeff Levy, he means more than just his offense was good. I think he's just a tremendous human being. And I think he connects with players. And if he can connect and have that kind of special bond with Matt Corral, that's a special thing that you can't necessarily replace with just any guy. Yeah, I think that um, seeing Matt Corral get emotional like that, it just speaks to to what kind of guy Jeff Levy is. I mean, knowing him just a little bit, I spent a little bit of time with him. Um, he's a very genuine person. And I can see, um, yeah, I can definitely see how players get close to him, and that's why I'm so high on him. Man, I think he's just a, a good, down to earth person. He's he is not your typical, you know, know it all coach. He seems like he he would really connect with the player. So I just, I think on offense, it's good to have a guy like him around. That's probably he's probably the guy that most of the players go to to, um, you know, talk to whatever, you know, get get advice from. Because sometimes, you know, the head coach is always so busy worried about everything else. Well. You know, at the end of the day, Jeff has run the offense, and he, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's very approachable, very very much, very easy to talk to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he has a close relationship with a lot of guys on this team. He's just a great dude. I mean, he's he's a total Ole Miss guy, man. I mean, he's a he fits this program. He 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 fits exactly the style that we want leading this program. So he's a, um, I mean, he's a he's a great dude. We got to keep him here. He's um, you know, he's really 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 on the up and up, and up. we all understand that. But you know, we got to keep the man around there for a couple of years. Well, now that we've seen it, five and five, the debut campaign of Lane Kiffin, a win in the Outback Bowl. I wish I could have gone to Tampa. I really do. I could have gone to Tampa, but I would have just spent my time in the press box doing what I did at home. I was on a Zoom call with the players and coaches. So save the money, watch it on TV with the rest of you guys, and then talk to the players and the coaches on Zoom. I'd rather do it in the comfort of my home with all the hours of work ahead of me than in that press box. But I always wanted to go to Tampa to the Outback Bowl. And um, it was cool to see Ole Miss win that game. It was special. It was the first Outback Bowl appearance. It felt weird. Of course, it did everything about this season. This COVID season felt weird. But now that we've seen it in totality, what then is fair as far as the expectations for Ole Miss football in 2021? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's obvious. I mean, it is obvious that Ole Miss is, is now – they will not – they will definitely be the hunt this year. They will not be hiding from anybody. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of preseason hype going into this year. I, I can guarantee you that there, there will be some people that have us, you know, pick pretty decent. I think we'll probably start out in the top 25 somewhere. Um, because I mean, you look at it, this is, this is an eight win football team. I mean, if you look at our, our, our normal schedule, this would have won eight games this year. And what's funny is we had a chance to be a 10 win team. I mean, we blew the LSU game. We blew the Auburn game. We blew the Arkansas. I mean, there was, there was a chance that Ole Miss in, a, in an SEC year could have went eight and two, I mean, or whatever, or, or, um, you know, seven and two. So it is a, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the expectation next year, it is what it is. I mean, we have a lot of people returning. We have a lot of people coming in. If we get a full off season to really, you know, embrace Kiffin style, they all are going to have a little experience in the system. I mean, we should come out, we should come out and be a pretty damn good team next year. If we aren't, it would be very surprising, but yeah, there's no reason Ole Miss isn't right, right back to, to where they were, if not a lot better going into the next year. I think it says a lot too, that, on Monday, so many guys that everyone was thinking, okay, will they, won't they, announced together we're coming back. Ben Brown was amongst that too, but no, I don't think anybody really doubted that Ben Brown was going to go anywhere. But to have your all-league caliber center coming back and he fixed his snapping issues and it was never a problem at the end of the year, that's huge as well. Olmus has an open spot at right tackle. I think Jeremy James who started every game at guard this year, slides over to right tackle. You get Nick Broker back at left tackle. Guard, like we've talked about before, that's 
probably the easiest position on the offensive line to break in. Ole Miss broke in two new stars at guard this year and had that kind of offensive performance. Two redshirt freshmen. So I think that's a good example of plug and play. Jeremy James at right tackle and then whoever steps in at guard. Maybe it's Jalen Cunningham finally. I, I don't know. But everything pretty much returns offensively. And if Ole Miss has proven anything, even with losing at LSU, it's that Elijah Moore, great as he is, great as he was, one of the best players, best wide receivers to ever come through Ole Miss, this offense doesn't need all the top-end talent to go out there and put up big numbers. And yes, 26 points, not huge numbers, and they knew going in they wouldn't be able to score 60 points with the limited guys that they had. But still, the performance itself was really strong. So when I look to next year and think about potentially adding a transfer tight end, maybe a transfer wide receiver. Jerry Lee will be back. Henry Parrish will be back. There's a doubt about Snoop Connor, but Yancey Porter, my co-worker at the Ole Miss Spirit, he's hearing, and he's from Hattiesburg, he's hearing from his Hattiesburg sources that Snoop Connor is coming back. That's a big deal because Snoop is your guy. I think he's also, he was underutilized a little bit this year as far as he can be a complete back. The problem is there's only one football and you've got three really talented running backs. So just finding carries for him, it doesn't matter. You have offensive weapons to spare, and defensively, you showed progress. And now there's less talk about, okay, DJ Durkin, what's the problem? What's the what's the problem? Why can't you at least show improvement? They did show improvement. Indiana is not particularly powerful offense, but it's a good enough offense. It's got two dynamic wide receivers and a running back that was, I think, all Big Ten and Stevie Smith. So defensively, to hold that team like you did, they still scored 14 fourth-quarter points. I think Ole Miss was... Fourth in the country in fourth quarter points allowed. So that continued, but whatever. They got the stop to win the game. Cedric Johnson, a true freshman, got the big sack. He's back. If you look at the schedule, it could play out to be a potentially dynamic year. Because you're right. A few bounces here or there. Ole Miss is 8-2. You get Louisville and Atlanta, Austin Pay, Tulane, the game I'm dreading the most, Liberty, and then to be announced, at Alabama, tough, loss at Auburn, at Mississippi State, then Arkansas, LSU, Texas A&M, Vandy, at Tennessee. That's a manageable schedule. Yeah. I'm calling it now. We're going to beat the shit out of Liberty. I'm, I'm telling you right now, people are worried about that game. Book it. Ole Miss will beat the shit out of Liberty when we play them. I don't and worry about that, that game. I just dread the coverage of that game. That's why I say that. I just don't look forward to covering that game in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, it, it'll be uh, – you look at that schedule, it's going to – I mean, just depending on what LSU does, depending on what, you know, if, if the Mon kid comes back from a and I mean, it's again, it's going to be just – it's going to be like this year, but I think we're going to know how to win. I really do. I think we're going to win. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you now, man, it, it's crazier things have happened. Ole Miss, Ole Miss has a real shot next year, and you can't convince me otherwise. I mean, we're only going to get better. Lane Kiffin has showed it doesn't matter who he has. Um, I mean, you look at that, you look at some of his play designs. I mean, 95% of the people on the Ole Miss Spear board would have caught that touchdown that the Kelly kid caught. I mean, it's just a good scheme. I mean, he, 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 he showed deception with the, with the sweep, um, or the, the motion and made it look like the run and boom, popped him over the top. I mean, that's just good schematics. Yeah. I mean, Casey could, Kelly started but, on the left side of the formation, came across with a sweep yep. action, looked like he was going to block full the linebacker. He sucks in and just dips behind him. No doubt. I mean, this is it's just good coaching, and, and and just think, Lane is not. He is not. He doesn't even have his guys in there yet, man. I'm telling you, we have some great receivers coming in. We have, um, yeah. I mean, we we are going. He is. This is going to be good players in this scheme. Very good players. There's going to be more than just Elijah Moore type guys. I mean, Elijah Moore was a, and Kenny above very good players. You know, they 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 made the scheme look even better. Imagine when you have three or four Elijah Moore type talents out there. You know, in this scheme, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. I'm telling you, man, it's it, he. This is very good, very good coaching. I mean, you look at John Rice in the game. I mean, he runs a wheel route that they obviously know Indiana dropping one of their ends trying to cover the back. Well, boom, you got John Rice. I mean, just they're just exposing shitty coaching all year is all they did, and it um it, it paid off. I mean, John Rice obviously should have caught that ball, but still, I mean. Dude, it's just there's so many good exposures of scheme on, on this offense. It's it's unbelievable. I'm excited about it going forward. The last play, the 44-yard play that John Rice caught that got them down there, he was in the backfield. That was a wheel yep. route up the seam. Yep. I had to go back and watch it. 
in the design of that play, it sucked in the linebacker and he got behind him and he dropped a dime to him. John Rice was just disappointed that he didn't score. If you go back on uh, and look on film, they ran that play three times in a row. Matter of fact, after he dropped the ball, they came back a couple plays later, maybe even the next player ran it going the other way just to see if they fixed the coverage. Because if you're going to be putting a DN or a linebacker on John Rice on a wheel, I mean, those are real mismatches. I mean, this kid's got amazing speed. I mean, it's just there's all kinds of examples like that, you know, throughout the year of him just just really knowing some of the weaknesses in the defenses. I mean, all you heard was Indiana's defense. They had this corner that was all Big Ten. This guy, I mean, dude, I, I, they look like guys to me. I mean, there, there, there was no one out there on their defense that was just. I mean, Lane Kiffin's his offense looked. I mean, it looked fine. I, I didn't feel like there was anybody out there that was dominating us on the defense side of the ball. So. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great offensive mind and it's, um, I mean, next year should be, it, it's going to be a fun year. I hope, I hope everybody on the team has the mindset of, Hey, let's come back. You know, what we have, let's not get complacent. Let's come back. Let's work our tails off because it's going to be right there for the taking. It's going to, it's going to come down to how they prepare because the talents there, um, you're going to have a lot of good experience. I mean, it's going to be a, um, a chance for Ole Miss football to have a really good year, but it's going to take them having the mindset of, Hey, knowing knowing they have the special ability to do it and and to actually be able to do it's two different things so hopefully they 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 choose to to put in the work and do it i said a loss at alabama because almost always loses at alabama but that's not fair watching what alabama's offense has done to every other team and knowing that almost went toe-to-toe with that team and nick Saban had no answer for this offense you can't say that's an automatic loss for Ole Miss next year they lose a lot too a lot Devontae smith the best player in college football Najee harris is going to go pro Mac Mac Jones, yeah, Mac Jones is going to go pro. I mean, you can't guarantee that's a loss. They're going to be replacing a lot, and Ole Miss is going to be returning a lot. So I need to take that back. They went toe to toe, and Alabama's just absolutely crushing people now. They're losing a lot of. They're losing three absolute studs. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just never know. It could be like Calipari this year in basketball. I mean, who would ever thought Kentucky would be one and six or one and seven? Maybe Alabama's due for a year like that. Let's go, baby. Oh, stop. Alabama. Won. That's never going to happen. Alabama one and five start next year. Let's go. Uh, sure. Why not make it easier for Ole Miss? Sure. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> Got to go to Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation on the Modern Women phone line. Before we do, before we get out of here, your biggest takeaway from Ole Miss football in 2020 is what? If you had to summarize it in Bradley Sal's top takeaway, what was it? Um, I think it's I think it's heart, man. I think this team played with a lot of heart this year. Um, you know that they're they're in a situation where they've been on probation a couple of years, and um, could have easily you know a lot of these guys could have could have quit whatever went away from Ole Miss, but I think they share a lot of heart and 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 want to and care to want to get over the freaking edge and get over the hump, and they did that this year, man. I mean they they lost guys down at the during the you know during for the opt outs and opt opt outs and all that, and then. You know, they, they there was games this year where they didn't look great. They could have easily hung their heads and played crappy football. But, man, they just fought all year, showed a ton of heart. There wasn't one game this year where Ole Miss, where you left that game and said, man, Ole Miss just wasn't good enough to win. They could have won every game this year, honestly. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of heart. I mean, just, just the showing that they can get over the hump. And they, I think they're right there at the top of that hill and, um, and, and are really, really right there and ready to roll down the hill on the other side. So, for everything Ole Miss football has been through the last some odd years, the last four or five years, man, it is time for Ole Miss football to take back off, and it is it is, is ready to roll 2021. And you could have had a better game for the president of the JRP fan club, Bradley Sal. Congratulations, man. JRP, baby. JRP. Stay in Oxford. Let's go. You can make it to the NFL. Nobody wants to see you playing quarterback for Arkansas State. Let's go. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to talk to Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation about coaching season. Before we do, got to say bye to Brad. Bye, Brad. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank 
of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation. Good friend of the program. Hey, buddy. What's up? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Well, you know, can't complain. Ready for coaching season to be over with. When will coaching season be over with? It doesn't ever end. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to be funny either because I think with um, everything, man, like NFL coaching season is just really getting started, and the last two consecutive seasons we've had sitting uh, college coaches that ended up in the NFL. And I, Cliff Kingsbury was fired by Texas Tech before he was hired by the Cardinals, but. You know, last year we had an opening at Baylor after Matt Rule went to the Carolina Panthers. So there's that. I, I think the recruiting cycle being different this year has affected things. Uh, obviously, we saw a full recruiting class line at Texas before they made the move with Steve Sarkeesian. So um, I can recall even in a pre-COVID scenario, Colorado and Mel Tucker and Michigan State and that happening well after the fact, I, I, I think that. You know, until we get to spring ball, I think maybe it'll be calm. But I, I would also remind people there's a lot of FCS programs that are trying to play football this spring. So it's going to be a weird news cycle, I think, for the next six months. Ryan Day and Dan Mullen as NFL head coaching prospects. Is that real? Uh, you know, it's as real as anything right now. I'm not trying to be coy or anything. It, it's I, I wouldn't say, oh, no, absolutely. Do I think that either one of them will end up at, at – the an NFL job, or I should say these NFL jobs, probably not. Um, are they, could they be candidates? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if that answers the question. So, uh, you know, again, college coaches are back in vogue. I wrote a piece at Banner Society. It was weeks ago uh, when the, when the carousel really got going after what much got fired and just kind of anecdotally mentioned like, you know, NFL, the NFL kind of has lowered its aversion to college philosophies. I mean, obviously I think Patrick Mahomes is pretty, you know, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> there's a pretty good reason why, but um, I think a lot of college coaches who, who the pros would have never looked at are suddenly a viable option, at least for an interview. As far as Ole Miss, Sark going to Texas could affect Blake Gideon ending up back at Texas Jeff Levy, it sounds like from everything I'm hearing, I don't know if you're hearing any different, seems like a pretty hot candidate out there for OC jobs um, across the country. You even saw a report come out about him potentially being a candidate for OC at Alabama. What are you hearing about Ole Miss staffers? Um, I I think OC under Lane Kiffin is a really unique scenario that happens with offensive-minded head coaches sometimes. So I don't know if it's necessarily something where Ole Miss fans who are concerned should freak out. you know, Lane Kiffin is sort of the straw that stirs it in terms of the offensive play calling and philosophy. Um, I think it serves well for Lane Kiffin to have uh, assistants go on and, and, and get those jobs. Now it's the old, like Dan Mullen joke about the lateral move, you know, when Jeff Collins left Mississippi state for Florida as DC, you, you want to be careful in how you play that. If he's hired by Alabama, well, okay, yeah, technically your two programs in the SEC West, but obviously Alabama is of a completely different caliber than Ole Miss. Um, I, I don't know. I think like I don't think Lane Kiffin is really going to bristle at any of that kind of stuff, to be honest with you. So I don't know if it affects I, – I, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know 
what the negative impact is. It's it's different than if you were to lose a defensive side guy had had Ole Miss been successful on defense. But is there momentum for Jeff Lebby out there as far as his hotness as a candidate? Yeah, I mean, I've heard his name kicked around. Um, I think there's there's a lot of appeal to be an assistant at Ole Miss on the offensive side right now because of their recruiting, the personnel, because of the guy you work for. You're go- I mean, it's a, sh- it's a showpiece. It's a showpiece because Kiffin is going to ensure that you have the, uh, as many opportunities as possible to display success on the offensive side of the ball. So if, his, you know, if he ends up somewhere else, I, it's, it's, not a, it's really not a negative thing for Ole Miss. As far as Will Muschamp, what's he going to do? Anything he wants to. Um, you know, the thing that I heard first and foremost was he would probably take a year off, be an analyst, some kind of like, uh, I mean, he's got kids in high school in South Carolina right now and his son's playing football. He doesn't have to do anything. Obviously financially he's fine. Um, if he did anything, I think he might do like a part-time, I, I wouldn't call it analyst work. It would be more like, um, an advisor for the Georgia program. Like I, because he because of his relationship with Kirby, he can breathe in and out of there, kind of set his own hours, do what he wants to. If he feels the need or or desires to be a proper uh, coordinator again, I mean, there's any number of jobs that would take him in a heartbeat. You know, I mean, really look across the southeast. Um, I think depending on how things end up, it's the other thing too is you know LSU's hiring a ton of assistants right now. Obviously, Brian Harson is building his staff at Auburn there's a lot that needs to shake out and we don't, we still don't even know what's going on like at South Carolina and how that would impact other coordinator hires. So um, he's kind of got the pick of it. He will have no shortage of offers. I, I am still leaning towards him unless he got some sort of like ideal gig as DC, just taking a year off. Oh, the reason I ask, because I know you've heard this too. There is a little bit of rumbling out there as far as Will Muschamp, Lane Kiffin, at least overtures from him to get Will Muschamp to Oxford in some type of role if he can get there? I mean, yeah, I'm sure, but that's because Will Muschamp is highly regarded as a defensive right. uh, mind and a, and a coach, and, and as an individual, he's incredibly popular amongst coaches. He reminds me of Bob Stoops in that way, um, but there'd be a long line out the door for Will, and I think, honestly, if and I know Ole Miss thinks that that's some kind of coup, but if he's not going to be a full-time guy, I mean, the, the kind of help that Ole Miss specifically needs on defense, I think, you know, you need someone who's investing pretty much their 120% self into it, considering the, the problems that they have. In a normal year, LSU would be appealing for any coordinator, offense or defense. Is it harder right now for Ed Orgeron and LSU? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know if it's necessarily related to this year. I think, I think it's just the situation at LSU and they, there's probably no program in, in, in stronger need of, of external comms like PR branding. I mean, the swing has just been so strong and, and dramatic from, from arguably one of the greatest national title winning teams ever to a complete train wreck. You're flushing an entire coaching staff after replacing in a, you know, a coaching staff that all kind of graduated out with Burrow and that success. Um, you, there's really no guarantee of anything anymore in the Southeastern conference. And so it's not, it's completely within bounds to say that Ed Orgeron, who had an undefeated national championship team 12 months ago could absolutely be on the hot seat next year if it doesn't work out. And so if you're a coordinator candidate, um, you know, it's kind of funny that the, um, was the citrus bowl. No Gator Outback bowl that Ole Miss played in. Um, I do this for a living and, you know, <laughs> Indiana and Tom Allen, Tom Allen was, was the number one candidate that Hugh Freeze was targeting his last year hiring a DC. And he was going to go there too. Remember that? Ben? Yeah. Yeah. The, he was going to go there too, but he said, uh, I'm waiting for this. He knew he was going to get that job. Right. So one of the things that I heard, during that time frame was uh, obviously Tom was kind of lined up to get his dream gig and become the Indiana head coach. But also uh, people weren't characterizing Ole Miss at the time as, Oh, well they had gone to the sugar bowl or they had won this bowl, bowl or whatever. It was how long is Hugh Freeze going to be there? It, it's a lot like the relationships that head coaches and, and athletic directors have. And so if you're a high profile coordinator, 
you're looking for a little bit of stability and, and the ability to provide that as a head coach makes you that much more appealing. And that's why I asked that about LSU, because it's not just about Ed Orgeron, but the NCAA stuff that no one seems to be talking about nationally outside of you, of course. There's a calming factor that needs to be applied if you're going to be successful in the personnel market, flat out. Same with Tennessee, I might add. They're in similar situations. I would expect a lot of changes to happen on the staff at Tennessee, again, complicating matters for any one individual coordinator candidate out there. Um, so one of the things, too, that I think is affecting you know, what's going to happen at LSU or what's going to happen at X school as they build staff, uh, the NFL just finished its regular season yesterday. We still have the playoff with however many teams it is this year, right? I, I can't even remember. It's 14 teams now, so yeah. basically half the league. You know, Nick Saban, there, there's news today that Nick Saban is interested in, in almost exclusively NFL coaches as as an OC replacement for Steve Sarkeesian. We're seeing, you know, LSU went to the NFL last year to replace their OC. This is happening more and more and more, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You're seeing offensive coordinators and offensive coaches in general move with a lot more fluidity between college and pro. And so that's why, you know, I'm not joking when I say the coaching market is just going to, it's going to kind of wax and wane and, and, and trickle on well into February and March. Going to jump right back to Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. It's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings. Maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you. Get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel Sports. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. So what's Tennessee going to do? They're going to be the one that hires you freeze? I mean, right now, I don't believe that Hugh Freeze will get an SEC job anytime soon. But if there was a school that I had to create like a odds-on favorite, it would be Tennessee. He had no traction at Auburn whatsoever. He uh, he had initial traction at South Carolina from some key people, and it was shut down uh, specifically by the university. Um, there's a lot of kind of him and hawing going on about like, well, is this a is this a conference-wide ban? It's not technically. There's a strong displeasure within the conference office towards Hugh Freeze, and of course they're going to message out that that's not the case and show impartiality. But they they still they still very much feel it to be a black eye that Hugh is solely responsible for. I mean, the idea of Hugh Freeze being in the SEC East uh, opposite Dan Mullen. Anybody who's familiar with what happened in the state of Mississippi a couple of years ago understands the dynamics there. Uh, the league is very embarrassed by what Hugh Freeze did. And, and sort of the the tete-a-tete between Mullen and Freeze, the actions taken, the NCAA stuff. I know a little bit about that. Um, I don't think there's a I know there's not think I know that there's not a league-wide ban on him, uh, but it's not something that the league office is going to smile upon. I don't think he was ever a serious candidate in any of these gigs. And so, if you're Tennessee, this is my question about Hugh Freeze in Tennessee: is they're seeking to retain a glory that, that has escaped them for the better part of two decades now, which now really kind of categorizes them as a lesser than program, not what they were. You know, the hashtag, like I live in Nashville, and the hashtag, the sort of joke amongst Vol fans of a certain age is, you know, feels like 98. That's what they say. Oh, they're the Cowboys of college. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, well, and like I'm 39, and so – if you're my age or close to it, if you're probably just a couple years younger than me or five to 10 years older than me, you really understand Tennessee to be something else. Just like, like you mentioned the Dallas Cowboys, right? There's, 
there are programs that have cycled completely down out and, and they still maintain a sort of championship prestige without any of the credentials. We talk about Nebraska this way all the time. So if you're Tennessee to get back to the freeze point of it, you're looking for a championship consistency and someone who's going to be able to author a program wide, not just resurgence, but renovation. And and that's not Hugh Freeze. I think anybody associated with his time at Ole Miss, be it as a reporter or a booster or donor or an administrator, of course, those people, you know, a lot of those people now work at Texas A&M. The secret's kind of out on, you know, there's people who worked at Ole Miss who are now at Auburn. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact Auburn never, never entertained hiring Hugh Freeze. I mean, it was, I have a rule on Hugh Freeze and that, and then usually when you see a media member say Hugh Freeze has been in contact with X power five job, it's, it's freeze. Because Hugh Freeze <laughs> has been in contact with that reporter. Um, but if you're Tennessee, what you just, just as a blind resume comparison, that's not Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is an aggressive play caller. He's a good offensive mind. Obviously, we know about him as a recruiter, and that's not going to be enough at Tennessee. It's not. Uh, I think Tennessee looks at Hugh Freeze, and they see they see someone who uh, beat Alabama twice, full stop. That's it. He's had more recruiting success on the top end, not consistently class by class, but on the top end than probably Tennessee has because they're still really, really smarting from like Alvin Kamara being – an all pro player in the NFL and really having nothing to show for it during his time in Knoxville. And, you know, Hugh freeze can at least point to players that he didn't even fully develop, wasn't even around to fully develop. But I mean, I think the success of DK Metcalf, the success of AJ Brown and some of these other players that are in the league, in the league now, even as role players, like he, he, he wants to show people at Tennessee, Hey, I can do that for you. And in actuality, I think a lot of Ole Miss people, I mean, hell, there's somebody we were tweeting this yesterday, college football, Twitter, Washington NFL, and the concept of having those two guys on a team and not winning. It's every games. Sunday that that comes out every Sunday. I mean, I've done, I've done, I do so much radio in the state of Tennessee because I live here and I, I tell the guys all the time, I was like, this is my sort of thing on Hugh Freeze. And it's not, I can get into all the other stuff and the, like his character, but I, like just for this conversation, like regardless of what happened with him and Ross Bjork and the university and their treatment of the media and myself included, I won't even get into that. Let's just talk about him as a coach. I tell Tennessee fans, Google Dawson Knox. They don't know who Dawson Knox is. Jordan Wilkins. Right. And so it's kind of funny to me. Um, Beating Alabama is its own equity. It is a sterling value. It has a value higher than any other, currency in coaching because when you look around there was a graphic out on on social media during champion during conference championship week about because you know gus had been fired like the amount of coaches who have beaten nick saban full stop during his time in the sec both at lsu and alabama and you know ole miss is i think one program amongst like I think it's Florida, Auburn, Ole Miss that have beaten Nick Saban twice in the SEC. That's why. So obviously that's an outlier when you look at Ole Miss's sort of performance relative to national college football and people key in on that. I, I, it's deceptive to do that. I'm not trying to take the wins away from Ole Miss, but you go back with a sober eye and you understand that especially the second win, the credibility of it is, is shaky. Right, Alabama ended that game with the wrong quarterback playing flat out, and Ole Miss got a lot of turnovers, a lot of fluky turnovers. I'm not even worried about the helmet bounce thing. Like that game is, you know, if you put five minutes of stoppage play on there, Alabama wins it. So that's all fine and good, and that's not how you play the game. And and Ole Miss won those games, but to I think it's myopic to zero in on that sole resume bullet as a qualifier for another SEC job. I know you got to go. I had two more questions. What is Billy Napier waiting on? Okay. And what did you think of Lane Kiffin's extension at Ole Miss? Uh, the first one I can just kind of answer short is we don't really know right now. And, and I, I could speculate. We can talk really big ideas. But the bottom line is this guy has basically either played or just flat out walked away from three different SEC programs in two years in Auburn, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. 
Now, any individual representative from any one of those three schools can tell me technically, oh, we didn't technically offer him. Okay, sure. Um, I think he does have plans. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't want to speculate much any further than that. Um, you know, I don't say this in a mean way because I love G5 football, but obviously he's not planning on being at Louisiana Lafayette for the rest of his life. Um, the Lane Kiffin extension is a uh, fact of life. It is, uh, it's, as, it, it's just as necessary as paying your insurance bill because Lane Kiffin is not a I, – I don't think Lane Kiffin in his head right now sees Oxford as a destination spot. I think it's the next spot for him. And so if Ole Miss wants to change that perception and make this more of a loving marriage, then they have to continue to commit and commit and overcommit and not just financially to him, but, you know, you have to make, you have to make Lane Kiffin's eye wander back to you every time. Okay. So when a job like Auburn opens, maybe next time the Auburns of the world open, they want to talk to Lane Kiffin a little bit more because, and I'm going to be careful here. There's, it wasn't maybe a simpatico on both ends this time, but the next time that it is, Ole Miss has to figure out how do we stack up, and are we are we just a lower tier SEC team? Because I divide the SEC, I divide the SEC in half. You're a have or you're a have not. Ole Miss is a have not. So, are, how how can you change your circumstance if you want to keep this guy that you're in love with? It's interesting because he got an extension with one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in the FBS. And he went 5-5, five and five, man, in a 10-game All-SEC schedule and beat number 11 Indiana. So it's a pretty good resume for all things considered, I think. But still, you're right. They're going to have to commit, and facilities is a big part of that too. He's Stephen Godfrey at 38Godfrey on Twitter. He covers all of college football nationally for SBNation.com. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Yes, sir. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 